0: This episode is sponsored by Third Love. Third Love's 24-7 t-shirt bra is super comfortable. It's the most comfortable one I've ever owned. It's made out of super soft memory foam that molds to your shape. It gives you a truly perfect, customized fit. Third Love stands behind their 24-7 t-shirt bra so much that they're willing to let you try it before you buy it for 30 days for free. If you love it, you keep it, and they'll charge your card. If you don't love it, you send it back, no questions asked, and your card will not be charged. Start your free trial now now at thirdlove.com slash books.
1: You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 59, and today we are talking about our favorite books of 2016 so far. I'm Liberty Hardy here with my fellow little redhead Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hey, hey. Hi, thanks for fixing my notes. I cannot I, believe that we're
0: at the halftime show already.
1: Oh, yeah, a few weeks ago when you we were like, hey, we
0: have to do the halftime show, I'm like, you're obviously drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh my goodness, it's June. Well, I mean, the two are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> I was just like, what? Yeah. It does. It, this year. I mean, this is the most cliche thing, but the older I get, the faster the years go by. And I just really cannot believe that, like, it's basically summer. It is. It feels like summer in Richmond, even though it's technically not summer yet uh, while we're recording this. I guess when the show goes out on the 21st of June, it will be the first day of summer. Yeah. Um, And it's just the year is flying by. I had to go back and look at my spreadsheet of books that I've read this year to remember some of the ones that I really loved. And so I can't imagine what your list of uh, initial contenders looked like. Narrowing it down was not easy.
1: A lot of them, I was like, wait, these came out this year? Because I read them last year, so I was so confused.
0: (laughs) Like, what's going on? A very good year for books, indeed. I think we've kind of done similar things with our lists, where we're both trying to talk about some titles that came out earlier in the year that might get lost in the shuffle or that you didn't hear about if you are new to the show. Um, And then we'll do a few reminders at the end of things we've read recently that were also really excellent. Yes. Do you want to kick us off? Yes, I do. Take it.
1: My first pick is Relief Map by Rosalie Necht. Uh, it's a Tin House book. I have not met a Tin House book that I did not love. Like they've got the most amazing titles going on. Um, they did Before the Feast, which I talked about last week, mm-hmm. and I just absolutely loved this book. It's also a really it would be a really great like YA crossover book if you're looking for something like that to read with your kids this summer. Um, it's it takes place in the middle of the summer. It's a ridiculously hot, stifling, terrible, awful summer in this small town called Lomath, Pennsylvania, and Libby Marco, who is a 16-year-old, uh, she is babysitting. It's ridiculously hot in the house when suddenly the power goes out. Like, that's just what you want, like, when the AC is working as hard as it can and it's so hot. The power goes out, but it turns out that not only is the power out, but also the roads and bridges into the town have been blocked off. The police and FBI are there, and it turns out that they are looking for a fugitive from the Republic of Georgia. They think he's in their town, and they have told the citizens in low math that they can't leave or go anywhere until they find him. Nobody knows like what's going on, like why he's there. Nobody's seen him, um, so she's stuck in the town with everyone else. They're bored, and as time goes by, it turns into like one day and two days. Um, the book is also seen from the perspective of this fugitive who is indeed hiding in this town, and um, what. Happened to him and how he ended up there. Uh, Livy is really bored. She's hanging out with her best friend, uh, Nelson. They get involved in some trouble. Because that's what you do when you have nothing to do. Is, you know, get into trouble usually. And her parents are these old hippies. They're very anti-establishment. They're not really into the cops being there. But it turns out that they might have some secrets of their own. And as more time goes by. And the heat keeps getting hotter. The stream really begins to show... Uh, on the town, and some violence takes place. It's a really ex ex. I can't talk. A really excellent look at contemporary paranoia and um, you know these situations that people get in, and you know when rumors fly and people start to worry. Um, I talked about glaciers before mm-hmm. by Alexis Margaret Smith. There is no book like glaciers, but it, this is very close. And also Dry Land by Sarah Jaffe. Those are both also. Two Tin House books, I think, so they, they seem to have a theme going with their. but if you're looking for something similar, if you've already read this, it's just so, so wonderful. Um, her writing is beautiful, and
0: again, it is called Relief Map by Rosalie Nect. Awesome. Uh, My first pick is the first book that I loved in 2016. It's called Your Heart is a Muscle, The Size of a Fist by Sunil Yappa. Uh, This novel is set all on one day. It is uh, January. Sorry, not January. It's November. I remember that it's cold in the story. I had to Google which month. Uh, It's November of 1999 in Seattle during the WTO protests that really did take place. 50,000 people um, set out to do an anti-globalization protest. And there were all of kinds of people there, anarchists, environmentalists, teamsters, like hippies, college students, you name it, sort of every sl- like slice of Seattle was represented at this protest. Um, and Sunil Yapa does this in the book, we open with a young man who has run away from home and has returned to Seattle at the same time of the protest, because he's hoping to uh, sell some drugs and make some money so he can leave town again. Uh, so we see him running through town. We we see the police chief and we see five other characters that we spend time with them and the group of people that they are at the protest with. Um, and since I mentioned the police chief, you get the sense, I hope, that we're not just with the people who are sympathetic to the protest. We get to see uh, one of the ambassadors who is in town uh, to you know, do negotiations uh, as part of the WTO. Um, we see the police officers that are there, uh, hopefully to keep the peace during the protest, but um, some of them have not-so-great intentions, and as a protest with 50,000 people can, uh, sections of this descend into chaos. The book moves between seven different uh, protagonists as Yappa sort of paints this, like, Paints a tapestry, which is not how tapestries are made. uh, Weaves a tapestry of uh, sort of allowing you through those seven characters to imagine what the whole day felt like. Uh, The seven different characters are so different and the groups of people that they're with are so fully drawn that you can then imagine what other kinds of people were there. Who else was on the ground uh, at this protest? It's smart. It's fascinating. He gets into um, issues of race. Trigger warning if police brutality is uh, something that you're really sensitive to. There is some of that right on the page here. Uh, it's not an easy read by that stretch. Really gorgeous language and just a, kind of an all-out, no-holds-barred debut novel um, from a great new voice. I really, really enjoyed it. Your Heart is a Muscle the Size of a Fist by Sunil Yappa. I cannot wait to see what he's going to write next.
1: It's a great book and it's also a fantastic song by Ramshackle Glory. Oh, It, it came is. out several years ago. Yeah, it's called your heart is the muscle, the size of your fist, and it's uh, awesome.
0: I did not know that. I wondered what the um, what the title was from. I
1: don't. It, it could. They both could be from something else. I have no idea. I just am familiar with the song, and so I was like, "Yes, yes. It's no, a that's great, a. It's a great sentence. You know? That's a so, good guess. Um, so I bet you're right. I am going to tell you about our next sponsor. Please do. Are you ready? Yes. Our next sponsor is the book We Were Never Here by Jennifer Gilmore. So excited. I love Jennifer Gilmore. She is the author of three adult novels, including The Mothers, which I absolutely loved, and I believe is being made into a movie with Rachel Weiss. Weiss? Oh, is it really? Weiss, how do you say her name? It's Weiss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, this is her first young adult novel uh, based on her own experiences with ulcerative colitis. Um, It's one... The synopsis of the book, I'm going to read it to you, is one minute Lizzie is living a normal life. The next, she's in a hospital with an illness she's never heard of. Izzy has never... Lizzie has never been so scared until a beautiful boy and his therapy dog come into her room one day. Lizzie has never connected with anyone the way she does with Connor but the more time she spends with him both in and out of the hospital, the more she realizes that he has issues of his own. While being with him has the power to make Lizzie forget about her illness, being with her might tear Connor apart. And it says it's a poignant and heartbreaking story about how your entire life can change in an instant and I'm just really excited for this. I, I'm, I have a copy. I'm looking forward to reading it. And like I said, Jennifer is amazing, an amazing writer. So we thank her and we were never here for sponsoring
0: the show. All right. Now on to this next one, which. <laughs> no surprises. <laughs> no surprises. And it became so popular that you did not, in fact, have to eat James Patterson. I did not. No, the man is safe. Um,
1: I was I was frantically like dming with his his publisher like a few minutes ago being like i can't remember the the last i had heard it was in its seventh printing oh um, and we we were talking about queen of the night by alexander chi um it i think but that was like several weeks ago so it could have have been more by now lord knows how many more they've printed since then yeah but I was like, do I talk about this book? I've already talked about it 500 times, but I just love it so much. Yes, I'm going to talk about this book. Yeah, it would okay. not be a halftime show
0: without this book.
1: Yes. And also, it's. I was just talking to Jen before the show, and and she was like, Queen of the Night. She's like, wait, that came out this year? I was like, I know, right? Because <laughs> I've been talking about it so much.
0: When, when you made the countdown clock for it, wasn't it like 300 days away from publication?
1: It was just over a year. Yeah. Okay. So I was I was pretty excited. Uh, so now let me tell you about it. In case you've not heard of this book or you want to hear about it again, it is Queen of the Night by Alexander Chee. Uh, it came out, I think, like February 2nd. Um, it is about opera singer Lilliette Byrne. She is the jewel of the Paris Opera. Uh, she's a legendary soprano, and she goes to this party one night. Which is a great party, fancy ball. She meets a composer who starts talking to her and telling him about this opera that he's writing based on a novel or a story that he heard about a woman. Um, and as he's telling her this this story, she realizes that he's telling her story, like her life story, all her secrets. Someone has spilled them to this writer. And she knows there's only four people in her life that knew all her secrets. And so one of these four people has, has told, you know, what's going on and where she's from. And so she sort of recalls her past as she goes in search of, the person who's who spilled the beans, it which is like a horrible sentence to say it's about such a gorgeous book that was really dumb. Um, <laughs> so she recalls her past, like as an orphan. She came over from America. Um, she left uh, America for Europe. She traveled with the circus. She became a hippodrome writer. She was also a courtesan. She was made to an empress, and eventually she became an opera singer. Um, she meets there are like real life historical figures in the opera world and and composers who who play roles in this book. Um, it's just, his writing is amazing. It's so enchanting and just lush, and it just moves like music while you're reading it. It's just absolutely gorgeous. I was completely mesmerized the entire time I read this book. Um, and it's it's a mystery in that, you know, you're trying to find out who it was, but it's not like a mystery. It's just so beautiful and amazing, and her story is incredible. So it's so much fun to, to go along as she discovers you know, who gave away her secret
0: Um, I'm gonna start babbling about it now. I loved it so much. I know too. It's It's one of the. I think it's a rare novel that you can just completely lose yourself in. uh, Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to sink into the world of the Queen of the Night and live in it forever.
1: Yeah, it just absolutely smolders. It's just fantastic. So again, that is Queen of the Night by Alexander Chee.
0: Go read it, please. Uh, my next pick is the first short story collection that I really loved this year. It's called The Unfinished World and Other Stories by Amber Sparks. This was a paperback original from Live right, which is a W.W. Norton imprint. I love Live Right very much. Uh, they do excellent work, and this is just one great example. Uh, if you like Karen Russell, if you have finally listened to me about my favorite short story collection ever by Laura Vandenberg, What the World Will Look Like When All the Water Leaves Us, uh, if you like Kelly Link, if you like you know slightly weird haunting uh, short stories that make you feel both grounded in the real world and also like your head is in the clouds uh, magically at the same time you definitely need to read the unfinished world Uh, it's been a while since I read it I think I read it you know a month or two before its January release and I'm hazy on the specifics so all I have is that feeling left of like I just loved this story Um, there are sculptors and librarians I'm pretty Sure that one of them is about a woman who's a janitor on a spaceship. Uh, it's like it's mythical, but then it's also very you know present and believable and contemporary. Uh, it's it just does all the things that I want a short story collection to do. She examines you know real issues and humanity through the lens of magic and strange stuff. And I man, I just really. Really loved it. Uh again, it's called The Unfinished World and Other Stories by Amber Sparks. Another awesome debut um, from a voice that I cannot wait to see. Uh actually, no, she it's not a debut. She's just new to me. Yeah, she's new to uh, you. I'm a jerk. She had a <laughs> previous a collection <laughs> called May We Shed These Human Bodies. <laughs> It is uh, So I, I need to go back and read that other collection. I thought this was a debut, but now there's more Amber Sparks in the world, and I'm super excited about that discovery uh, that just happened right here. You heard it first. <laughs> first. <laughs> this felt like a breakout kind of arrival to me. Um, it, I've seen some of our contributors still buzzing about it, um, or they're just picking it up now. Um, if you missed this book in January, please do pick it up if you're a reader of short stories. I think it's also a good entry point if you're like, where should I start with short short story collections. Uh, They're not like connected. You don't have to try to follow a narrative thread between them. The stories vary in length, uh, but they're all, you know, very solid short stories. I just um, really admire what she did. Again, it's called The Unfinished World by Amber Sparks.
1: It seems like it's a debut because it's her first book with a big publisher. Yeah,
0: that must be what it was. Yeah, But she also did a, she collaborated
1: on a thing called The Desert Places with Robert Kloss, who wrote The Alligators of Abraham, oh, yeah, which is that book that loved I that cannot book. stop talking about ever. Um, I have the same thing where I'm like trying, I was trying to write my notes and I'm like, am I remembering this correctly? Or am I remembering characters from books that I've read recently? <laughs> like mixing it all up. But I hope not because... I want to get all the details right, especially for my next book, which I love so much. It's called Margaret the First by Danielle Dutton. It is based on the life of Margaret Cavendish, the 17th century duchess. She was quite a character. She was a very unusual child. She had a wild imagination. Uh, She began writing at a very young age. And this was not something that girls did. And as she got older, it was not something that women did. Um, But she wrote and published uh, volumes of poems, philosophy, feminist plays, and science fiction. She was also an attendant of Queen Henrietta Maria, and she had to travel with her in exile to France when King Charles I was overthrown. Um, But it was here that she met her husband, William Cavendish, and he actually encouraged her writing. He, He thought it was great, you know, and told her she should try to have a career, even though society was not as understanding. They were not as understanding at all. They called her Mad Marge. Um, She's a tabloid celebrity like people would gawk at her and write about her in the paper and like everywhere she went people stared at her Again, because I said, you know, she just this was unusual for her to want to be a writer But it turns out she was the first woman invited to the Royal Society of London, which is a a Science group I believe that's probably a very silly way of calling it something But um, and she was also the only woman who was invited to this group for the next 200 years Like that was like we like we have one let's wait another 200 years um, but her utopian romance, The Blazing World, is one of the earliest examples of science fiction, which I believe is, you can get copies of it to read still. Um, and it's just so interesting. And it seems very contemporary, even though this takes place, you know, in the 1600s. It, it just seems contemporary the way that Daniel Dutton writes this. Uh, she is the publisher of Dorothy, a publishing project, as well as an author. And she publishes amazing books like Wall Creeper by Nell Zink and who has changed and who is dead by barbara cummins um but now it turns out she's an amazing author as well and yeah i'm gonna stop babbling
0: <laughs> that's my that's my thing today babbling i think babbling is the thing on a show about books we really love yeah um, and i was thinking about it when i was making my picks and you and i were both going back and forth about like this book no this other book but i love this one too and how to narrow things down i I think it speaks highly for all of the things that we've chosen that we might not remember all of the specifics or have like the hyper articulate descriptions that we try to come up with, a try being the operative word there, when a book is fresh in our minds. But it's that feeling of like, I read this a year ago, and I still love it. Or I read this six months ago, and the feeling of the book is held on.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to say it.
0: <laughs> I'm just say, I
1: like this book. <laughs> Again, it's Margaret the First by Daniel Dutton.
0: Uh, Let me tell you about our next sponsor before we roll on to the last little part of the show here. It is Sober Stick Figure by Amber Tozer. This is a memoir. It's an unflinchingly honest account of her three-decade-long romance with alcohol, the eventual end of her addiction, and how booze almost destroyed her. Uh, It's told with the help of subversively childlike stick figures. Amber writes about and illustrates the crazy, harsh, sometimes laughably ridiculous truths that uh, are related to addiction, denial, and getting sober. The Chicago Tribune called this a powerful and often hilarious reminder that we're at our best when we're not afraid to be ourselves. Sober Stick figure is the story of a long road to recovery, three decades long. That's really um, remarkable to have survived that much and then to have written about it. Uh, at once, sweet, tragic, funny, and ultimately inspiring. Uh, sounds to me like if you uh, have enjoyed other you know memoirs about addiction and recovery, I always think about Augustine Burroughs dry uh, as the sort of the premier one. But they mentioned here Caroline Knapp's drinking a love story uh, and Sarah Heppala's blackout, which you talked about on the show. Uh, yes. several months ago, uh, that this will be up your alley. And I'm interested, I haven't seen a copy of the book yet, but the ads for it have these little stick figure drawings. And I'm really looking forward to picking it, this up and seeing uh, what she has illustrated. So again, the book is Sober Stick Figure by Amber Tozer. That's T-O-Z-E-R. We'll have a link to it in the show notes, or you can pick it up wherever books are sold yay yay okay so I think this next one is one of the like one of the books that I would not shut up about this year it's the regional office is under attack by Manuel Gonzalez this great genre mashup essentially about like super villain assassins uh, who work for this secret organization called the regional office that the offices are hidden underground literally um, below a travel agency but also underground in the you know metaphorical sense of its secret. Um, um, We the story is around two young women. Uh, One is Rose. She is a young assassin who's leading an attack on the uh, the regional office. She was recruited by a defector from inside. Uh, And then there is Sarah, who may or may not have a mechanical arm. In fact, spoiler, she does have a mechanical arm. We find that out early on uh, in the story. But there's this long running joke about which one is it uh, that yeah, you've got to read the book to find out. Sarah is inside trying to defend the regional office from the attack. And as we watch the attack unfold in real time, moving back and forth between like Rose, who is hiding in an air duct, and Sarah, who is trying to fight off the baddies, we also get to see um, how each of them was recruited to the organizations that they're in, like really how widespread... The regional office's work is, and they think that they're good. Like, the regional office thinks that they're taking down bad guys, and, you know, the world is beset by forces of darkness. So there are all these, like, mythical monsters that are real in the world of the story, and the assassins from the regional office are trying to take them down. There are oracles, and, like, essentially what are ninjas? There are... um Not bots. What is the word? Cyborgs, Uh, and just it's just crazy. The book is totally bonkers in the best possible way. Um, Manuel Gonzalez just mashes up genre in a really fun way. So there's there's so there's like fantasy magical elements, and then there's this thriller like attack unfolding in real time element. But then there's family drama that happens in the background. It's just wonderful. His brain is a great place. If you like Nick Harkaway, if you liked The Gone Away World, or my favorite uh, Angel Maker, you definitely don't want to miss The Regional Office is under attack. Um, and Manuel Gonzalez, if you've read this book and you liked it this year, go back to his short story collection, The Miniature Wife, uh, one of my favorite collections ever. Uh, so I'm just plugging extra books left and right. Uh, oh, but yeah. again, The Regional Office is under attack. And there's an exclamation mark at the end of the title, which I just think is excellent. Uh, it's by Manuel Gonzalez. Yay! Mm-hmm. My last
1: pick, Is called Sweet Girl by Travis Mulhauser. That's sweet girl, all one word, like uh, Sweet Bitter, which was another book that came out this year. (laughs) Apparently, Spaces Between Words are so 2015. Who needs them? Who needs them? And I started off my picks with a book about a 16-year-old girl in the hot, hot heat of summer, and now I'm finishing up with a 16-year-old girl in a freezing cold blizzard. Perfect. Um, That girl is Percy James. She's a headstrong teen who had to grow up too fast because her mother is a drug addict who's never been able to really get herself together since Percy was born. Um, She has dropped out of school. Percy has, not her mother. And there's a blizzard coming, a really, really bad record-setting blizzard is on the way. So her mother is missing from home. She decides that she's going to have to go find her mother as the blizzard starts because she's worried about what's going to happen to her. Um, And the first place that she knows to look is, unfortunately, the cabin of Shelton Potter. He is a violent, unstable criminal, and he smokes about as much meth as he sells. And she heads out into into the snow looking for her mom. When she arrives there, she doesn't find her mother, but she does find a baby alone upstairs in a room with the window open. And the baby's crying and it's snowing on the baby and she's worried about what's going to happen to her. So she steals the baby and, and takes her out and brings her with her in search of her mother. Um, and, and she heads off to the cabin of Portis Dale, who is her mother's ex-boyfriend and is the closest thing to a father that Percy has ever known. And she hasn't seen him for several years, but she heads off to get his help. Um, she brings the baby along. Eventually, Shelton realizes the baby is missing from his cabin. And sends his henchmen out looking for the baby, and it turns very dark. Um, this is like True Grit in a snowstorm, basically. Oh, but excellent. like True Grit, it's all like it's violent, but it's also very funny. Um, it's very funny. It's very endearing, and I just loved it to pieces. Um, it's a lot like Winter's Bone, if you've read that, or Go with Me, which is one of my favorite books. And it, she's. I've lost all my words. <laughs> and she's just, she's a great character. She's, you know, she's very smart and very determined. And she, you know, wants to save this baby. And she's not sure, you know, at what expense. Like, is she going to find her mother? Or should she just bring the baby home and get help? Um, so, again, it is called Sweet Girl by Travis Mohauser. And it rocks.
0: Speaking of rocks, they have lots of <laughs> big ones in national parks. <laughs> I'm stretching for this last segue. Uh, my last pick today is The Hour of Land by Terry Tempest Williams. Uh, this is... a uh, She calls it a personal topography, which I think is a great subtitle of America's national parks. Uh, 2016 marks the centennial of the creation of America's national park system. There are more than I think it's more than 300 national parks and seashores and historic sites uh, and more than like 300 million visitors to them every year. Uh, really remarkable. So to celebrate the centennial, Terry Tempest Williams, who is one of my favorite writers, uh, and is a wonderful naturalist and uh, conservation activist and a memoirist, essayist poet, like she's just Amazing, um, she set out to write about thirteen of the national parks. She visits them and uh, dives into their history. She talks to people who work in the parks. She talks to people whose families have were connected way back to the creation of the park system. And um, she looks, but you know, she's Terry Tempest Williams, so she's not just like here is a list of facts about parks. And thank goodness this is not that book. Like I'm sure that that book would have been great to read too, uh, but this is so filled with uh, her personal stories about experiences in the parks she's from utah and she grew up uh, in grand tetons national park essentially and in arches and she writes about uh, being with her family there. She writes about visiting Gettysburg uh, in every season of the year last year as she was researching the book and really thinking about uh, what war means and what the experience that the soldiers would have had in Gettysburg is and uh, what's changed and more importantly, what hasn't changed in our country since we had Gettysburg and set that place aside uh, to remember. The Civil War and the Emancipation Proclamation. And the book really is a meditation on why we have national parks, uh, why a country would set aside big. Beautiful, awe inspiring, wondrous places, and what it could do for us as a society to visit them more or to be more mindful about the time that we spend in them and to engage with nature in a more active and intentional way. Um, I, I talked about it, I think, just a couple of weeks ago when it came out, but it's worth mentioning again. It's just a really beautiful book. If you like, if you're like outdoorsy and you like spending your vacations hiking and looking at leaves or sitting on the beach and feeling, you know, very tiny next to the giantness of the ocean. I think this is a book that you will find something to value in. Um, it, it did make me want to visit every single one of the national parks, but more importantly, it really made me reflect on uh, what it is that we're looking for when we go you know, out into the world and out into nature and what it means that our country has set aside places that we can do that. Uh, so it's called The Hour of Land, A Personal Topography of America's National Parks, and that's by Terry Tempest-Williams. She rules. She does. I could just talk about that book for an hour. Yeah. Um, at some point, I probably will. <laughs> I'm very excited
1: because she teaches at Dartmouth, and Alexander Chee is going to be teaching her this year.
0: So I'm just going to so be moving could... in with you this fall. Yeah.
1: It's, I don't actually know how far
0: it is for me. A couple hours? Uh-huh.
1: Certainly not, like, preventative for stalking at all.
0: No. We'll come visit. Yeah. We should have a party. <gasps> I wonder if they know each other.
1: I don't know, but I'm going to gonna. That's right. (laughs) That would be so great.
0: We'll be like, dear Alex and Terry, we're throwing a party. You should come. And then they get there and we're like, surprise, it's just us. It's just the four of us. (laughs) It'll be great. Now braid my Uh, hair. That wraps up our favorites of 2016. so far. We'd love to hear about yours. Of course, these are not exhaustive lists. We both, you know, had books that we loved that we couldn't quite, you know, fit in to make the cut for our eight picks today. So please let us know about your favorite picks. Uh, but what are you going to go read now, Liberty?
1: Oh, so now I'm going to read. Today will be different by Maria Semple. Oh.
0: Have you read this yet? I haven't read it yet. I got to sit next to her at lunch at BEA, though, and she was awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm excited.
0: I don't actually know what it's about. I don't care. I'll just read it. I do know what it's about. Do you want to hear the elevator pitch? Yes, please. It's about a woman who feels like she's kind of a disaster and she gets up uh, most days telling herself like today will be different, you know, like today I will make the bed and I will run the dishwasher and I won't be late to carpool, like all those kinds of things. Uh, And then one day she actually tries to do it. All right.
1: And while you were telling me the elevator pitch, I held my arms close to my side and stared straight ahead.
0: (laughs) Only a psychopath talks to people in elevators. (laughs) Uh, I am going to go read All the Rage by Courtney Summers. Uh, It's a young adult novel that came out last year. It's out in paperback in a few weeks, so I am reading it for an upcoming episode. But it was huge last year. and I I read it. I am a little bit concerned that our uh, great colleague, Kelly Jensen, who's our YA specialist at Book Riot, might disown me for not having read it sooner, uh, but I'm really looking forward to finding out what all the buzz was about. I'm willing to believe it was entirely deserved. It's great. Uh, so that's our show. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors. You can go to thirdlove.com books to start your free 30-day trial with the 24-7 t-shirt bra. We have We Were Never Here by Jennifer Gilmore and Sober Stick Figure by Amber Tozer. Uh, check. Check out the links to the show, to the links in the show notes to those books, or pick them up wherever books are sold. And come hang out with us at Book Riot Live November 12th and 13th. By the time you're listening to this on June 21st, there will only be nine days left to get your VIP registration and the $40 discount. Walter Mosley will be there. We will be there. Charlie Jane Anders will be there. Uh, Jade Chang, who wrote *The Wangs Versus the World*, which is a big debut coming out later this year, will be there. There's an awesome lineup. So check out bookriotlive.com see our full lineup of speakers so far there will be many more to come we'll also be announcing a friday evening party pretty soon so keep an eye out for that uh, again bookriotlive.com get your 40 bucks off registration you'll also get a free water bottle and early rsvp access to any of our limited seating uh, panels and events uh okay deep breath
1: oh so and- i was want to tell you something exciting. Okay. The other day, I saw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar tweeting that Walter Mosley is his favorite author, <gasps> like his hero. Isn't that cool? Awesome. It's so awesome to think about how like people you admire also have heroes and people that they admire. So I
0: was like, wouldn't it be awesome if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just like dropped in on Book Riot Live? That would be rad. <laughs> well, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote that book about Mycroft Holmes last yeah. year, and he's like a really smart, interesting bookish guy and I think we actually did kick around like what if we could get Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to come to Book Riot Live Um, so Kareem if you happen to be listening he'd be like stop squealing (laughs) can you imagine how short I would look next to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that would be awesome it would be amazing Uh, (laughs) now we're just laughing now we are just laughing Ewoks and Chewbacca (laughs) drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com tell us about your favorite books of the year so far Uh, you can also tell us on twitter i'm rebecca shinsky s-c-h-i-n-s-k-y liberty is miss liberty and as always please take a minute if you have one to leave us a rating or review on itunes helps other book lovers find their way to the show and gives us a little extra juice in the magic of the itunes algorithm
1: and as much as we would love to tell you about more books we love this year Like Homegoing and Modern Lovers, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books. More titles that are out today, I should say. And you can also find a link to our weekly new books newsletter.
0: Woohoo! Woohoo! Happy reading. Happy reading.